Hi guys, it's Artem here and it's another episode of Danilias Ventures podcast. Today I have with me Doc Shaw from ppcbuilders.com. I had to get that .com in there as well. And we have Doc here who helps clients with PPC campaigns and he has been really successful on Upwork, earning close to 1 million mark. You will you mentioned you hit it soon, right? The 1 million dollars yeah. mark. Sure, Great. So, welcome Doc and thank you very much for participating in the podcast. My pleasure. So, uh, can you tell a little bit about your company, where you are based, and also, you know, how did you end up, you know, so successful on Upwork? Sure. I'm from uh, originally from Boston, Massachusetts, in the East Coast. I moved out to Las Vegas in uh, December of 2002. It was one of the best things I ever did. Las wow. Vegas, by the way, is a very underrated place to live. It is not just a strip of casinos. It's actually a pretty nice place to live. Uh, and uh, so I settled here back then. And, you know, that was right after the uh, 2001 attacks on America. And uh, so things, were, things weren't as great in the economy at the at the time. And, uh, you know, the the 60 back then, anyway, the 60 and $80,000 jobs that were around were really get you'd, you'd be lucky to get them uh, through an agency as a temp for about 30 equivalent of about 30,000. So I was, I was struggling uh, at that time. And um, I ended up bartending actually for a while wow. in Vegas. I had done it earlier in my life, um, you know, part-time. I did weddings for, and banquets in, at a hotel for years. So I had, you know, I, I wrote a college degree and everything. But, you know, when you, especially when you're starting out, you try and pick up extra money. I did that at the beginning. Uh, but you know what? Even that kind of grew old in Vegas because it's actually a pretty, it, I think if you're in your 20s, it might be a pretty good place to do that. Um, but, you know, I was well into my 40s at that point. And, you know, it was, um, it got to a point where it was getting a little tiring for me. So I started a small business. And um, it was in 2007. And it was going to be a tutor matching service nationwide. I kind of had it all planned out. I'd also done tutoring uh, for SAT and math in my past as well. And was really set up pretty good. It was going really good. I had started, you know, my paid ads on uh, online. I had them all set up. Probably not the greatest uh, campaigns in the world, but I started it up. And then, you know, um, about, it was going good. First six or eight months were actually great, better than I expected. And then we hit the 08 crash, you know, the financial crash, the housing crisis. Yeah. And that really just was like a bullet to the brain for that business. It just, we always struggled. And uh, so, you know, I was looking around for something else to do. And I had been working on the paid ads. I looked into SEO uh, as well. But right around that time with SEO, there was a big update. Uh, there was a big update. I can't believe it was uh, Penguin. Yeah, I think it's Penguin. Penguin. I think it's Penguin. Yeah. Right. And where, you know, everybody showed up on Monday morning. And these companies that were getting a half a million dollars worth of free organic clicks on Friday, you know, that vanquished. Yeah. And that got me a little scared because I was married and I, you know, I have uh, family here. So, you know, you <laughs> when you're thinking about stuff like that and you see the volatility that appeared to be anyway in SEO. So I decided to uh, just shift into paid ads, you know, the pay-per-click, which I kind of knew. I had worked um, on uh, Google ads and it was, when I first started, it was right at the onset too of Bing 
at, which was called Bing at the time, MSN. Well, I guess it's still called Bing on yeah. the front side. And the back side is called MSN, Microsoft Ads. And Yahoo kind of merged their back operations. And um, so, you know, they were coming on strong at, at the time and looked like a strong competitor. So I, you know, I went through the certification process. And, um, you know, a lot of the, even though I had worked on it, a lot of the nomenclature was still foreign. So that initial certification, I worked on it for about 10 weeks. And I was, you know, I was bound and determined that I was going to know it cold because it was going to be my career. And I passed it. And I, and I started out, uh, you know, that was really the foundation. And from there, that's, you know, I got into these services like Upwork. Back then, Elance was yeah, uh, Elance. Mm. the uh, companies that did it. They ended up merging. And so that's kind of, that was the beginning, really. So it was, it was a, and I think for maybe for a lot of cases, it might be this way for some guys, you know, you start out with a business and sometimes the business kind of goes sideways on you. But if you're a, a sole proprietor, you've got your hands in so many different things. Sometimes it does give you a little bit of exposure to some other skill sets. And so, you know, I decided to pick this one. It was a good idea. Yeah. So, you know, you were a bar bartender in Los Angeles, right? Las Vegas, Las sorry. Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but did you have prior experience with PPC? Well, I didn't. I and I and actually I had prior experience with online systems, yeah. mostly internal. Back in the, I worked uh, for a company called Digital Equipment Corporation at the time. They were the third biggest mini computer company. There was uh, IBM, Hewlett Packard, and Digital Equipment. Uh, Hewlett Packard ended up swallowing up digital equipment because that thing after the PCs came on. This is in the you know mid '80s, so and that business kind of dried up. But back then they had internal marketing systems very similar to the internet in terms of the distribution of information and so on. So I knew about. Um, I worked with a. I mean, I I don't have a background in library science. I ended up working with a lot of librarians who uh, went to library school, get their masters in that, but they were the ones that. Who were brought in to build up the thesauruses, build up the interfaces. So I, I had a, you know, um, I, I had a foundation in the theory of it. But you know, uh, here's the irony: um, I struggled at the beginning trying to understand the Google Ads interface. But you know, that's the reason why I have a job because everybody else yeah. is a small business person. Their struggle is the interface, which can be really daunting. Yeah. Um, and then you know, the other part of it is, and this is where freelancers just kind of fit in in general, it changes. And it doesn't change every single day, but I would say it changes every month. There's something going on. There's something getting enhanced. There's something being deprecated. New strategies come online. You know, they've, and they've done that for more than a decade. That's the reason why I have a job. So one of the key things, and I guess I would say one of the first components I would recommend to anybody who's considering doing freelance work is to understand that concept that you're filling a hole, usually in someone else's business that doesn't that can't necessarily be filled by a full time person necessarily. And that what they're looking for is they realize they're going to have to pay you a little bit of extra money. They're really looking for genuine expertise. You can have the foundation, but if you don't keep up, you're going to fall behind. I mean, and, and so which means you got to, you know, you have to have a half a dozen blogs that you subscribe to, and you got to read them, 
and you got to do so every week. So it's, you know, keeping up with it is how you, it's kind of, you get to the mountaintop and how you stay on there is to keep your skills up to date and um, just to kind of keep up with what's going on in the industry. Very good. Very good. Do you work alone? I do. I've occasionally hired some contractors, but largely it's just uh, myself. Now that may change a little bit because, you know, in part, you know, the, the, you know, my rates in the mid sixties um, uh, per hour right now, and I can pretty much get that. I'm lucky enough to get that, but it wasn't always that way. I was, you know, especially when you're starting out and maybe we can talk about that in a minute too, is how do how do you really, you know, there's a, there's a catch 22 with this stuff, you know, yeah. in terms of experience and so on. And there is a way to kind of go about that. Um, but um, the, uh, uh, oh, geez, I lost my train of thought. Uh. <laughs> uh, you were talking, I think, uh, about uh, you working alone, but it might change oh, in right. the future. It, right. That's what I wanted to get to. That's a consideration, I think, when you're in uh, freelancing and kind of branching out when you have, um, you know, thinking about making your business bigger. You know, you if you get certainly if you're getting paid hourly through a uh, freelance system, um, you, you make X amount of dollars per hour. You've got to hire somebody, right, who's going to consume some fraction of that X that you're making, right? Now, if, you've, if, if you're making 40 and you're paying them 20, your spread isn't 20, right? Because no, remember, you're paying taxes and expenses and all that stuff. But those guys have to be managed as well. It's not like you just... Um, like put a sailboat in the ocean and push it along and it just, it just, you know, floats. You've got to keep up with it. So if the spread is big enough and, you know, the quality of the underlying work, I think is, is good enough. I would probably consider it and I might. However, um, the other part of it too is mostly when you get hired as a, um, as a contractor through Upwork, the client's preference is to work with you yeah. and they want yeah. you to do it. They want, you know, they look, they're reviewing a profile of, of uh, you know, all your testimonials, your background, that's their preference. And, you know, oftentimes I'm called in on accounts through uh, where somebody has it set up through a small agency and the way that, you know, there's a, when it comes to setting up campaigns, really anything to do with advertising, there's kind of an arc to the work. At the beginning, the origination takes a fair amount of time, right? I always, a lot of times I'll quote, you know, for an average campaign set up, I'll tell somebody eight to 10 hours. If it's a lot more compli complicated, go to, you know, this is before Google now, it might go to 20 hours to set it up. That's pretty rare. It really, you know, again, it depends upon how many facets of the business they want to, and how distinctive they are. You know, if it's, if you're doing keyword research for just kind of one facet, that's one thing, but multiple facets, it's like, you know, it's like a separate business. Um, so, you know, you kind of, um, you kind of go through it that way and then it's done. The maintenance of it is a lot smaller. You know, the, if it, if it goes into the maintenance mode or you, oftentimes you'll turn it back to the client and they'll manage it. So the business, you know, it's, it's not like you, the, the jobs you get are these things that um, 
um, are going to be this recurring business all the time. I have a chunk of business that I've about 65% of what I have right now. I've had since the first year I started working. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's another chunk that are kind of more, I would say they're more into the medium term. I, I, they're weekly, but I haven't had them forever. And then there's the churn part of it. There's each week, like I'm, look, before I get on the podcast here with you, I applied for, um, I was invited to probably five jobs today. I applied to three of them. So there's that cycle that you have to go through. It's, um, that, you know, with freelancing, there's not a set it and forget it kind of thing where you all, oh, I got this business, I'm good now. You've constantly got to be out there looking for new work um, because it's, you know, it, it, there isn't just always these like jobs that last forever. It definitely isn't the, uh, that's definitely not freelancing. A chunk of it maybe, but typically no. Yeah. So I think that's one of the most demotivating things is that when you start freelancing on Upwork, you apply for like hundred jobs and you get rejected, you know, or, you know, you don't get picked up or there is, you know, no interview and you kind of like, well, okay, I got to lower my rates, you know, or I have to be somehow appealing. I have to get few first customers, right? Because I want to get those first reviews in, um, you know, some good feedback and so forth to prove that I can do what I'm actually claiming I can do. So you start competing with guys who are working for 10, you know, dollars an hour or something similar. And then you, in the end, you're like, why am I doing this? You know, this is not working out. So what would you would advise to somebody who is now getting on the platform and doesn't have any reviews, no feedback or any kind? Here's, here's what I did. Um, now I had a, I had a second income. I had money uh, saved up. So I was able to do this. Not, maybe not everybody's able to do it. But when I first got started, I had that dilemma. I didn't have any reviews. I didn't have any logged, you know, documented experience in Upwork. So, and I, and also the truth is I didn't have depth of experience. I had what I had on my business. I had from what I've studied, but I hadn't worked on, like I probably worked on hundreds of accounts over the years, all, you know, everything, a lot of repeat. You always get the dentists and the plumbers and, uh, but there's all kinds of other stuff too. Uh, right. So at the beginning, I went to Fiverr and back then Fiverr, you know, Fiverr, yeah, uh, Fiverr, yeah. Fiverr was actually Fiverr then. Yeah. Five dollars. <laughs> I remember. Fiverr, yeah. Fiverr is something. Fiverr is like Upwork now, but back then I would take five dollars. I would, I would bet on five bucks to create somebody's PPC. These are the same jobs I get in Upwork now. Right. And I did it because I wanted the experience of it. I wanted to see other stuff and I had to, you know, I had to have the conversations with people to understand what the dilemmas were and what they were really looking for. I had to screw up a few times and mess, you know, cause you, you, these, you know, you have to make mistakes to learn. So I did that initially. I probably got 10 or 12 accounts through Fiverr. And I figured out a few things, right? And um, so then I shifted over to Upwork. Well, let me correct something. I also took a job locally for uh, in Vegas for a um, somebody who was in the um, um, you know in the travel industry out here. They it was a, a company that um, 
did buggy rides in the desert here in uh, nearby in Las Vegas. And I worked on their PPC here. I drove, it was all the way, all the way on the other side, of, uh, other side of town, 30 miles away. And I worked on their account for six months. Here's what, here's what that job got me, which was key to my growth. I, I opened up an MCC, which is a Google management account. Their account, which was, they were spending about 35,000 a month on ads, 30, 35,000. I attached that to my MCC. And with, in that interval of time when I was there, I achieved Google partner status. Now I wasn't making much. I think I made 12, 14 bucks an hour there. And it cost me just a gas back and forth. You know, I, there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of real profit there, but I got my grounding. So what am I getting at here? There's no quick way to go from zero to a thousand. I think you have to do your penance, you know, a little bit. You have to get your experience you, and you should probably work for uh, lower pay. And I would even go so far as to say this, um, be direct and honest with the clients you're signing up. Tell them, look, you know what? I, I've, I, I want to get going in this. I'm studying really hard. And no, I don't have the top level experience, but you're not paying at that rate. You're going to only have to pay me. You'll, you know, you'll pay me less, but here's what I'm trying to get out of it. I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to get some good reviews. So, I'm, and just be direct about it. Most people will, when they hear that, well, not most, but a, a chunk of people out say, you know, I'll help you out. I mean, you're giving me a break. I'll give you a break. Now, may or may not want to do that. I think the bottom line is though, you, you know, again, you can't go from nowhere to where I am without go passing through some interval where you have to trade away income a little bit for experience to get three or four good reviews. And then what I did over time is at different intervals, I would move up my rate over time, you know, as it matched my uh, reviews. I, and I would kind of look around on the internet and now, and there's, there's another balance you have to kind of strike with that too. At my rate, right, at, at my higher rate, higher than average rate, I'm not offered the recurring work to manage maybe a mid-size account. They, they want to, because management of account is different than the strategic decisions you make when you originate it, right? Those choices you make at the beginning are different. The, those original setups, the competitive analysis and so on, people will pay a higher rate for that. But the ongoing management of it, they know that a lot of it, you know, you, yeah, there are establishing some new campaigns. A lot of it is, especially with mature campaigns, you're adding negative keywords, you're doing A-B testing. There's a lot of just recurring, recurring ordinary work that you can usually get that at a lower rate. So this is kind of yeah. the balance you have to strike a little bit. I have, as I told you, I've got that 65% that I had at the beginning and that's the recurring work that I get. And that's, I don't get $65 an hour on that work, but it's a chunk of work that I, I've known these guys for years, their businesses thrive. It's great for them. It's good for me. So I take a, you know, I take a discount off of what I'm making now as a trade-off, right? That's my, that's my ballast. That's my, you know, that's my foundation. Um, and if, and if stuff happens like what happened in March, right. Um, 
where you is a shock to the system. You know, I've been through, you know, we were through a, a shock in 01. You went, I went through one in 08 and we went through one in 2020. So when you have a family, you have to be conscious of those things. So, and that plays into the, I think the freelance part of it a little bit. You, you know, as, as you get established, you want to be mindful of trying to make some permanent relationships, trading a little bit on the rate for them to give yourself like you don't have to worry every week about things, but then be on the lookout to try and improve your skills and then get another chunk of business where your, your rate is higher and keep trying to increase your overall average. Is that, is that clear? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I really appreciate it. I think you're a really, really good storyteller. It makes a lot of sense. But uh, how about, you know, a lot of people are moving away from Upwork as soon as they can. You know, they find a stable client and they're like, okay, let's move off work, you know, off Upwork and let's do it just, you know, straight. You pay me, you know, you already know me from previous work and so forth. Obviously, Upwork is not really cool with that. <laughs> they don't want that to happen at all. But you are at some point as a freelancer, unless you have a special tier account, you are paying quite a lot for the commission, you know, for the safety, for the escrow, for all those services. So you obviously, since you accumulated so much income on Upwork, you obviously don't do that or you at least don't do a lot of it or you don't do any of it. So how can you deal with that dilemma that you are giving pretty big chunk of money to Upwork, even though you could have worked with those customers directly? Yeah, I mean, I, um, look, you know, Upwork's a good company. Um, they've, they've got a very good system and I want them to, I want them to be around. And, um, you know, they've been very good to me. I understand, you know, I, believe me, I know that people want to come off of Upwork because they, they want to split the difference between what they're paying and what I'm making. And, oh, it's good for me, it's good for you. I got that. I don't really do it because, number one, I don't want to get certainly I don't want to get caught. This is my lifeline. Of course. And of course. I think it's the, you know, the downside of it. And you know what? I'll tell you, in, thing, in circumstances like that, right? Um, let's say, uh, let's say you take somebody off of Upwork and you go somewhere else and it doesn't work out, right? And, and you end up getting in a beef. And let's say they really, I don't know, maybe you forget to do something. Maybe you turn something on and it forgot to change the budget and you made a mistake, right? And you did and they get mad. Well, you know, what's to stop them saying, I'm going to really stick it to him. I'm going to go back to Upwork and I'm going to tell him, you know, this guy told me he wanted to take me up of Upwork, so I did, and he ended up being a jerk. And I just want to let you know, this guy isn't somebody you should like. I mean, what's stopping somebody from doing that? I mean, there's, there's, and if you if you balance that with the fact that how much wealth you can make from Upwork, I mean, to me, it's an easy decision. You know, yeah. this is this is a critical part of my income, access to this great system, and it's a. You know, I've, listen, I, 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 I'm a, uh, I've been working on Google ads for, since what, 2007. I am not an advocate of Google. And you know, you work intimately with their systems for a long, long time. I, I you know, I, I would, I think I'd have a um, 
difficulty identifying my peers who have a lengthy kind of exposure to Google that don't question their ethics and morals and um, the way they do business. On Upwork, Upwork, different story. Upwork, even though they merged with the Lance, which I didn't like because you know, I like the competition, Upwork is a very good company. Now, you, got, you talked about the share that they make. Well, I think, you know, it's a tiered system, 20% yeah. at the beginning. I think after a thousand, it goes down to 10% and up 10,000, it goes down to 5%. So look, if you're, if you're taking the strategy that I mentioned earlier about striking a balance between uh, mid tier rates for medium term, long-term work, which gets you to not eventually get you 10,000 bucks. I mean, if you've got a, if you've got a five or eight hour, you know, a five or eight hour job, you do that for a year, you're over 10,000 bucks. So you get 95% of it. Look, the cup, they got to make money too. Um, you know, there's no, you know, the old day, I mean, it, you know, you can tell the guys in business who it's all about them, but the best deals you can make and look, you just kind of feel good about yourself. Somebody else is making money. You're making money. That's the best deals you can make. And it's a good feeling to have and that kind of security. So I, you know, my advice is not to now look, I, I have, I've made my door wider open on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a much better platform right now for a lot of standpoints. I'm much better. I can do the PPC over there, but they've become more of a, I get increased through, uh, through LinkedIn and, Look, there are people that go to up, find me in Upwork and then circle back through LinkedIn and then come to me directly. I have no problem taking that business because you know what? It didn't. If they come to me initially through Upwork, I keep them there. Yeah. But if, you know, somebody got, oh, I found you in Upwork. Yeah. I, I made that circuitous trip through the internet to contact you. And they're, what they're trying to do is get a lower rate. That That's okay, I think. Otherwise... You know what, if, if you want to be a freelancer, you know, if you want to be an agency down the road and that's really your goal, you want, good luck to you, by the way, that's not a fun experience either. I don't think the, the, the graveyards are full of digital agencies that went belly up. Um, and I get a lot of business from agencies who, you know, they'll, you know, the, the argument always is, well, yeah, they were great at the beginning. No, 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 I never hear from them again, right? That kind of medium term type stuff. They're not taking care of me the way they used to. So I think if you want to be in the business as a freelancer, then you have to have, you know, I would keep good relationships with primary sources like Upwork. Um, you know, and again, they're a good company. They really are. They're, they got to make money too. So. Yeah. And 5%, you know, doesn't seem like a lot, you know, in the beginning, when you're paying 20%, it, it seems like a lot, right? But then the tiered system, it kind of gives you a break after a certain point in time. Yeah. And it, listen, one other thing, don't, don't ever discount this fact. Um, I don't have a, I don't have an accounts receivables problem. Yeah. I don't have to chase it. I pretty much work hourly. So my work is guaranteed. I don't have to chase people down for money. My, I have a, my daughter, we had a, she had a tutor up until uh, Monday and um, 
she, you know, we went through a service and she begged us to come off of the service and go direct. So we started doing it. And um, I, I told her I pay her weekly and my daughter gets her tutoring on Tuesday, Thursday night. Well, I, I forgot to pay her on Thursday, on Friday rather, and she texted me yesterday all upset. I don't want to, why do I have to keep chasing her? Wait a minute, this is only four days and you didn't send me a bill. And she says, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, now she's, that's just four days. And I've been paying her for weeks. Yeah. I, I kept begging her, what, what are you going to do for the school year? So that whole, that's a time consumer. Um, and, then, you know, measuring that, keeping track of that, you don't have that with the, these freelance systems, mostly. Upwork in particular, it's mostly guaranteed work. Um, you know, there's, there's some project work you do that's a little bit different than that. But as long as you deliver, you know, it's... Yeah. So okay, basically, so. so basically, there is escrow, right? So when you accept a project yeah. or you start working, you know, based on hourly rates and so forth, basically, client has to put money in the, into the system, and Upwork pretty much guarantees that you will receive that money if you fulfill your obligations. And so you, you know, you have to have. You, you, by the way, take jobs that you know you can do. You know, I in in digital uh, marketing, right? Uh, by the way. I, You'll hear these days. I hear references. I'm, not, I'm sure you've heard them to full stack marketers. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a joke. Yeah. I don't think that really exists. There's no such thing as a full stack marketer. I can do. Uh, I'm you know I've been doing Google ads and search ads for years. That's obviously my foundation, and I'm, I'm, about seventy five percent of that. I'm good on Facebook. Less so, but I can do them on Amazon. Less so, but I can also do it on uh, um, LinkedIn. Um, so, and, and the problem with that is to be a full stack, and then some, some guys want email, by the way, email marketing. All these things require so much, not only keeping up, but you've got to go back to school. Uh, you got to get certified and you know, you got to get your, you know, you got to get your emblems on for your web. You got to show people that you're keeping up. I, I think full stack is a myth. I think there's maybe two top three systems you can know. Um, and all you can really have is a peripheral understanding of those other ones. Because, and one of the main reasons why is, you know, it's not like my business is an equal amount of each one of these systems each week. So I'm getting exposure to everything each week. There might be, like if somebody asked me to set up a dynamic, um, a dynamic, dynamic ads campaign in AdWords, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I haven't done one since probably February. I haven't set one up and it's just because the way it's worked for my current customers, or the, they haven't needed it for whatever reason. And I said, I, mean, I have to go back and look, said, what do you mean? I said, I, I've done them, but I got to go back and look at this because I don't know really, you know, I, I think I've seen some things come through the wire, but I, I got to go back and relook at this. And that's part of the, that's the, especially if you fold in something like Amazon, which is, I mean, the, you know, the name fits it. It's, it's so complicated and it's very, it, it's, it's both rudimentary because of the systems are, are still you know, I don't know, where, where would it be for Google? You're probably going back eight or nine years yeah. in terms of the, 
functionality and the, features uh, and so forth. Yeah. Like, but there, that's a, that's like Google Shopping. You know, but all this other complicated back end stuff, and there's, I mean, you can't even call yourself. I mean, I do Amazon ads, but there's so there's so many other parts to it, especially if you're dealing with a medium sized company with lots of SKUs. The feeds themselves become expertise areas, and and ironing out the issues with feeds. So, I, I think you know, if I was going to give advice to anybody. You know, don't try and bite off too much either. Become an expert at something. What do they say? Um, you got to do 10,000 hours yeah, yeah, right, yeah. To, to really become an expert at something. Well, you know, I work uh, a lot of hours. <laughs> I don't work 40 a week. I work double that usually every week, sometimes more often more. That's, you know, just part of the way things are. You can get, you know, if you double down, you can become a true expert at something like Google ads after a couple of years, I would think. And only then, I mean, I, you know, I, I think on the periphery, you want to, you want to be able to at least get access to someone's Facebook. A lot of times I'll ask for access to somebody's Facebook, especially if they want me to do display ads for them. I'll say, can I just take a look at what you're doing over there? Cause that can inform me on display, you know, get a look at the systems, even though, you know, even though you might not necessarily be there to manage them, but get a look at them. You know what? One of the best ways, I mean, I, I learn more from doing audits and most of that business I get that's the, the non-recurring, those are audits. And they're actually the most interesting part of what I do because you, you know, the thing I, I the thing I like to do the most is figure out what's wrong. Right. You, you, once, after you do this enough, you know that there's these, you, know, you can get into these complicated issues. Why isn't this thing working? Right. You look at the ads and they got the right keywords. They got the, the ad copy. Yeah, maybe you could change it a little bit, but you know, it's not like they're selling oranges and the ad says, you know, car covers or something. And it's, everything is lining up. They go to the website and nobody's buying, figuring out those things. And the reasons why is, is that's the most interesting part of this to me. Um, and that's what I relish. That's where you learn a lot too, that you have to kind of dig in. And a lot of times, you know, for mature businesses where the AdWords is, they might've had a half a dozen contractors in on it. It's rare that you're going to go in and see glaring errors. You'll see some, but you're not, you know, you go in and see everything's on broad match. They haven't updated the ads and there's no, responsive ads or, you know, they don't, it's rare that you'll, you'll audit a, uh, a Google ads account and it won't be mostly modern. And, and, and what you'll find is these days, the challenges are really the funnel, right? It's the funnel that's wrong. Or these guys, like a lot of businesses, they'll set up stuff and they never look at their competitors and they fall behind. I had a guy uh, who sells um, um, air and heating systems, residential heating systems that you plug into the window and so on. And I, you know, he ended up, we ended up going our separate ways. And I told him that the problem is it's not, you've got the right ads, your landing pages are actually pretty good. The problem is your, your, your competitors have much better landing pages 
and they're beating you. They're, they're, they have offers that they're, you know. Within two weeks, I mean, as long as it happened in two, two and a half weeks. I saw their offers change on two of these competitors twice in two weeks. He's just letting it go, you know. So a lot of it ends up being that. It's the, um, and, you know, when you're, I think when I was first starting off, I wanted to get to another point. And I kind of, well, I'm sorry, I digress a little bit. The point I wanted to get to is when you're in digital marketing, you've got to decide upon a focus, but it's good to then also get a better than companion knowledge of other parts of it. Now, as a digital marketer that can do ads, what else can you do? Well, you could be a, a landing page designer. You don't have to be a coder. You can work with a Unbounce or any one of these systems out there and maybe be more of a copy person, right? Or you could do what I've decided to do, which is to get more into the analytics stuff. Um, for me, measuring, like when, when you take on new clients, one of the biggest mistakes you'll often see is they're not, they're not conversion tracking is set up. They're running the ads, but they're not really measuring engagement, which is really important. So make it, when, when you first get into doing this, find a core, get devoted to it, and then look at the other aspects that they're, they're kind of not necessarily at the core of what you do, but on the tangent, but are big dependencies. And then diversify a little bit. You know, it took me, I took two Google Tag Manager courses. Um, and boy, I'll tell you, it was hard at the beginning because it was all different. It was like starting with Google ads at the beginning, just all the nomenclature is different. But you know what? It ended up, I could figure it out. I'm not a programmer. And it's me, I'm able to, I'm able to lock down more business by being able to offer that and, and it, you know, and, and um, being able to better med look, a lot of times it's just, we have, what do they give you? Google Analytics gives you bounce rates and pages on the site, but you want more than that. Google Tag Manager is a way to find that stuff out. And so that's another thing I would recommend. Get a core and then look at other aspects. And you don't necessarily have to, like I'm not a JavaScript guy, but that doesn't mean I, I can do basic Google Tag Manager setups. So those are the things you gotta look at to really kind of round out your, your skill set. And and don't buy into the, the the whole full stack thing. If you're going for a job and you'll see these, I see these all the time. You know, we want a full stack. I and mean, it's baloney. It, it, nobody can do it. You may, you could might, might be able to do it if that's this is all you ever do. You don't have a family, right? You, you might be able to do it. Nobody really can do it in um, in reality. So yeah, that's a very good point. I think those are really good advices. Uh, one thing that I also noticed is, you know, you're not in your 20s, you know, and uh, I think, yeah, yeah. and I think uh, when, for example, I was browsing and I saw your profile, it also stands out, you know, because of that. It kind of gives me a feeling that I can trust you already by just looking at your picture. And ha ha because I think a lot of people, you know, well, Upwork, I think mostly it's people in their 20s and 30s, at least in the way that I saw it. And then, you know, I think you've been tremendously successful. And at your age, I'm not saying, you know, anything negative about it. I'm just saying that a lot of people are not starting their new careers at this age, you know, and not thriving necessarily in those new careers. So 
How do you feel about the age aspect of it? I think in your case, it may be even an advantage. Well, um, look, if you're doing, if, if you've got it to convert, I mean, one of the other things I know, I wouldn't call it a, it's probably my, another companion skill I have, but it's not a core one. I have to, I want to work on it this year is conversion optimization. What's the main thing in conversion optimization? What's the main thing when someone goes to your website, and, you know, they click on an ad and they go to the website. It's all about establishing trust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. So what does trust look like on a website? Is it a modern looking website? Does it look like it's five years old? Right. Um, does it look like the other websites I visited? You know, when I go to the bottom of the page is a copyright, say 2017, when it's 2020. Um, trust on the web is everything. Um, why is the Amazon so successful? Because if you have a beef, you can get your money back. They don't care. Sure, send it back. We're going to sell a million more of those. <laughs> That's fine. And give it back. To, we'll give it back to you. We'll give you money back. Great. They know they're going to sell me enough. You know, my wife and daughter, my, my daughter has my credit card memorized, including the three number code. <laughs> okay. They're going to get their business. So look, at when you're starting out in your 20s and your 30s, maybe I shouldn't give this away because I don't want these guys to be nipping at my heels. But you know what? If you screw it up, if you're not, if you're not on time, right? Make good, eat it, admit it. I look, listen, I'm, I'm going to need a couple more days. Or hey, listen, I, you know what? I couldn't get around to it this week. My daughter got sick, and and reality. Look, when you're a freelancer, one of the things you, you know a little bit, is sometimes you bite off too much, and then stuff happens at home, yeah. right? And there's just because these inevitable things that happen to you. Look, two nights ago, I don't know what I did. I was sleeping. I got this pain in my neck here. I, I slept the wrong way. I've been fighting this pain in my neck for two days. You know, put the ice right to the internet, my pal, ice, hot, heat and ice, heat and ice. So I've been doing that for two days, and, but it slowed me down. I'm behind on two projects. I just sent out two emails. I told them the truth. I said, look, this is the way, this is what happened to me. And um, you sent them a message. Um, now look, if something else happens to me this week and when you have a family, right. I, and that happened to be about six or seven weeks ago, we, I, I missed like four days of work because of the stuff that went on at home. And, um, um, I, I had to tell the guy, look, I, I got it. I'm my mistake. I'll work for free next week for you. I was like, it was a five hour contract and I just did my work for him for free the next week. And what? What this does is, number one, it prevents bad reviews. But number two, guys appreciate it. People appreciate it because they kind of figure this is, this guy isn't going to screw me. He, something happened and he's trying, you know, he, he's not expecting me to, you know, uh, you know, take all the bad things that flow from him. He's trying to make it good in some way. So look, if you're in your 20s and 30s, don't be so damn arrogant. Okay, uh, you know, my, my parents, you know, they were, my father and my stepfather both fought in World War II. So, 
and I had a grandfather who was a World War I guy. They give you, one of the things they give you is that, you know, if you say you're going to do something, do it. And if you don't get it done, it's your fault. Don't blame them. This all kind of, uh, this all kind of thinking, but you know something? It works in a lot of ways. Take your lumps and fight the next battle, but don't, you know, just don't try to get out of things. If you screw something up, that's how you build up trust. If you go through my reviews, you'll notice in some of my reviews, people make some references to some of these things I'm just describing, which is went the extra mile, did a little bit extra. You know, it's okay to under, it's also okay to under, uh, uh, to over deliver. You know, that's another good thing to do. Uh, so, you know, you might contract to do something and, you know, but if you notice two or three extra things, like oftentimes somebody will contract with me to do something and I'll go to their site or I'll, I might see another, they may give me access into something else. And I'll notice things that I know are wrong. I'll, I'll tell them, look, you got to fix this. You can't, well, I'll go to their website. Well, come on. <laughs> you can't, you can't, this is, this is wrong. And people are, um, people come into your website now and it, it's so like, I, I don't have to do, uh, I don't do SEO. So I'm not, doing page speed. But one of the first things I do when I take on any account is I go to what is it, GT metrics, whatever it is, and I check how fast the site is. I'll send reports over them. So over deliver, I think as well. And then be willing, when you have a mistake, if you can't get to something, make good, you know, deliver a little extra to kind of cover it. Uh, people appreciate that. Uh, uh, that's, a that's a lesson from, uh, both my step, my dad and my father, <laughs> uh, my stepfather and my father both gave me that same advice. And it, I think it's, it's worth, I think on something like freelance, um, it's worthwhile. It'll, it'll come through, you know, when you, like I, I've got some of the recent ones reflected on my honesty with them. If you do, that's what people want. They, they just want, they know why erasers on the, are on the other end of the pencil. They know they screw up. At times, they've got a business. They know that they've they've said, "Oh, we're going to have it to you in two days," but it doesn't get there for five days, right? What do you? Come on, you got to. Most people are reasonable. Yeah, that's uh, good. That, you know, there's one, yeah, there's one other thing I wanted. To, let me just jump in one one other quick thing I can other advice I can give, and that's kind of related to what we we're just talking about, and that is learning about the best kind of client to take and avoiding the jerks. And let's face it, they're out there. There's plenty of jerks. So other people that have, like when you're hiring through Upwork, the people that signed on that haven't put a credit card in, that have no reviews, that have no, have no prior jobs in there, you got to look a little more carefully at those guys, especially if they haven't put a, um, put a credit card in, but you've got to be careful of the jerks and the guys. Remember, I kind of talked about earlier, you know, uh, about you know, kind of being reasonable, make a, a deal is good for them, uh, it's good for me and good for them. Everybody's making money, yeah. kind of work with them. Yeah. Not everybody has that attitude, uh, on the web, and they, you know, a lot of times, it especially like if you're working. It, let's say you're reporting to the marketing manager and he reports to the vice president who works the uh, 
hits the CEO, and let's say things you, you go in and you start working for him, and maybe it doesn't work out right at the beginning, or maybe you know things don't go as good, or who they're going to blame? They're going to blame you. So be careful when it comes to the jobs you're taking. I, you know, it's rare that I don't take a job that I don't get on the phone and talk to somebody and feel them out. I have my own interview process I go through with my clients because I'm trying to find out what kind of guy they are, how many guys, you know, and I'll look at certain, I'll look at the first thing I do is look at their reviews, their reviews. And, you know, if, if, if there are these, any of these circumstances where the, the freelancers indicating, you know, dubious character a little bit, didn't communicate, avoid them. So the other major part of this, you want to do a pretty good triage and try and learn from, you never, you're going to get clients who are going to be bad ones, learn from it. So be careful what clients you take too. That's an important thing. Avoiding the jerks is a, uh, is a big chunk of yeah. being successful. Sure. Uh, when it comes to reviews in general, right? I mean, when you give, you know, when you leave feedback for a client, in most cases, freelancers just put five stars, you know, like whatever client amazing, you know, don't really think about it too much, especially, you know, the freelancers who are just starting out, they don't want to lose potentially repeat business and so forth. So in many times, they don't even indicate that the client was a jerk, as you mentioned. But, you know, um, what would you say are indications of customer being a jerk? You know, like what would be like for you, like, you know, like the sign that, okay, now I should maybe back off and not take this project. Well, I think more than one bad review. Yeah. Look, I, I, the way it works in Upwork, when, it, when a job is completed, um, is they leave feedback. They, they close the job. Mm-hmm. So they leave feedback on you. It, if you don't leave feedback on them, uh, it takes two weeks for whatever feedback is going to pop up for it to manifest in the, uh, in, your profile. Uh, in the system, uh, in your profile. So, um, so that, now, if you kind of get it, like, let's say, for instance, you weren't able to get the job done either as quickly as you wanted, or again, a lot of cases, you know, when you take on, uh, you know, I, I try and uh, make it clear that there isn't a, these days, and this wasn't always the case, but, you know, when, when you're trying to set up, so, especially something in search, um, it's a zero sum game. There are two spots at the top of mobile. There are four advertising slots at the top of desktop. Um, When you nudge in, someone either gets nudged down or nudged out. And there's a jockeying that goes on. I'll tell, I I try, you know, not everybody wants to hear that it takes about 90 days for that to shake out. Um, And, you know, you're, you're not, the people that have, are in search and have been in there for a while and are already optimized and probably already have more favorable quality scores. They've got an advantage that first time advertisers don't have who jump into these spots. So now you can have that conversation and you can say, look, that's why keep me around for a while. I always tell them at least for the first month or so to iron out these little differences as things kind of jockey around. 
well, you know, they don't always remember it. And they're always like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're just some other guy. So they, they end up being unhappy and they might, they might leave you bad advice, uh, a bad review. You're not always going to know it. So you'll end up, I usually, um, unless it's something really bad, I usually leave a, a pretty good review. I guess I'll probably, I should actually confess, my reviews of clients, other clients, probably don't reflect them sometimes as, as the reality maybe should be. Because again, from my standpoint, I, you know what, you know, I'm, I think the, the worst thing I'll probably do is I won't leave a review at all. And that will be it. Um, so that's you know, one thing. Look, and, and for some of this stuff, right, if, if you got a five hour job, somebody leaves you a bad review, you always have the option to refund the money too. And when you refund the money, the review, bad review goes away. I think too, you want to obviously avoid that, but that's another option too. So I think, you know, when you're dealing with clients a little bit, I think you should be mindful of that. Um, you know, if, um, again, this, you can't predict all of it. Um, I guess your question more so was how do you kind of figure out who the jerks are? Um, you got to talk to them on the phone and interview them, ask them, you know, how long is it, you know, who's been, who's worked on this thing? Um, what's your role? Try and find out what is, what do they know about the job you're going to do and always frame the expectations. I'll tell guys like when I'll do audits, because this is the absolute truth. If anybody, and I kind of touched on it earlier, if anybody has been in on a Google ads account or even a Facebook account, uh, professionals, and they've set it up. Um, and, you know, unless there's this long interval where it's been ignored or something, usually, and you go in on an account that's underperforming, it's not Google ads. It might, you know, it, and if it is, it's only a little bit around the edges where there's a problem, it's much, again, what they always seem to, these business owners always seem to forget is their landing pages or their product pages are just, they never try and make them better. Um, or they're, they're sending people the product pages when they really should be going to a, a genuine landing page, like as, a, um, as an interim stop, um, as a, like a squeeze page. And these are often, the problem. So you, you know, I, I'll, if I'm on the phone with them and I'm interviewing them, I'll ask for their website and we'll kind of look it over on the phone and you can tell an awful lot about a business by, you know, if there's, cause if they're so dumb to not keep their website up to date, you know, they, they're looking at, they're just, they're looking right. You're going to be the first person they're going to blame. Their webs, their, the, somebody's website tells you everything about them. And a lot of times where they are in their business, right? Because they, they, if they've set up their website and they did it like four years ago and it cost them, you know, you hear all these stories, it cost me $5,000 and, and it's all this. And it's usually these giant fancy designs that are just way overboard. I mean, not completely unnecessary, more like a vanity site. You look at them and, you know, they set it up in, you know, 2000 and um, like 13, 
and it's never been updated. Um, that's a flag, too. I mean, just, um, you know, you, I often tell guys who have websites, good ones, I, I tell them, look, every single time you should, you should, the last thing you should do at the end of every week is look at your homepage and think to yourself, what can I change next week? What, you know, can I, and I'll tell them, just put a date on the front of it put a blog post that's a reference to 2020. <laughs> Your last blog post says 2019. People, there's a, you know, most, most, look, we're super end user types, but even my wife and daughter, web savvy enough, they can look at stuff and, well, you know, last, this is 2019. This is, you know, almost into, almost into the fall now, right? So, that's one of the things when you're talking to people, look at their website. Does it match for you? Now, look, I have a lot of experience. This sounds like you do. Um, you know, I can tell a lot of stuff real quickly. You got to become, you know, take a conversion optimization course, a basic one, and learn about the fundamentals of that, of, of trust, and what, you know, that when people come to a website, it's like between three and eight seconds, right, that they, they decide. Um, you know, there's certain elements that have to be above the fold. Um, you know, you, you have to have a hero image that matches the intent. Some benefits have to be there. Maybe the forms, you know, if it's a lead gen, the, the form should peek through the, I mean, there's things that have to be there. If they don't have it, that's a tell uh, for the clients. Probably don't know what they're doing. And if they don't know what they're doing, you don't want to know them. You know, you want to work with guys that, you know, that, that are, that are good caretakers for their business. Um, that's better for you. Not the, the guys that don't know anything. They're the scarier ones to me. Uh, you, you know, you want, um, you, you want somebody who, who knows what they're doing is a good businessman. So try and figure that out. Yeah, that's talk very good. Every, talk to everybody, talk to everybody. Like, I do audits sometimes where I don't, I, I won't have a conversation with them because I know it's only be four or five hours. And if they turn out to be jerks, I can refund it. I don't, just, again, who cares? Um, but if it's a medium-term thing, you have to have a conversation and learn that. Talk to them and, and try and figure that out. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a key part to being successful as a freelancer is trying to pick the right jobs. So. Yeah, that's, I think, very good advice. And when you communicate with clients, right, you try to keep it all on Upwork, right? So that all the communication happens on Upwork so that there is no um, ability for customer to say like, hey, you said in WhatsApp, absolutely different. You promised me this and that. Um, I would say, yeah, a lot of clients sometimes want to go direct with the emails. I would say as long as you're, you're reporting through Upwork and you, you have adequate documentation through Upwork, that fulfills what you're talking about, which is there's a there's an audit trail sort of for the work you've done. You know, I, I listen. I've I've talked to at, at times to to people on Upwork, and they don't take your emails, but I'll say to them, look, let's do a screen share. This guy and I, we've had plenty of communication, and but yeah, I, I'll just, I'll send the monthly reports through Upwork or the weekly reports, or if it's something consequential. I'll put it through Upwork, but some guys don't want that. They, they think Upwork's a pain in the ass. They want to keep all their communications 
in their email because that's where everything is. So you'll get some pull on that. That's okay. Cover yourself though. That's a good point. Cover yourself with, um, you know, especially when it comes to reporting or anything consequential. And look, you tell, tell the client saying, listen, I've Upwork's expecting this from me. Upwork's my lifeline. And I know you're a good guy, but some guys aren't, right? So I get a, there's a chunk of this stuff I got to push through there. Again, what am I saying? Am I, am, am I ever saying, try, you know, am I saying, you know, try and pull a fast one on somebody? That's the worst thing you can do online. Just be direct and be honest. Take your lumps. Because sometimes people take advantage of you when you're direct and honest too. Who cares about them? You know, you if you if you're direct and honest, Upwork's never going to send me a message saying bye bye. That that's a critical thing, right? So cover those. The important part, like your don't forget to renew your, you know, get your get your Google certifications done, you know, so you can keep your part. I mean, take you know that stuff that's important. Stick it in your calendar like a month before. I got to get my, you know, I got to get. The, the critical parts of your business you got to cover um and you know upwork is one of them and client relations learning how to do it really important yeah really important. did you have any um you know situations where client reported to upwork and said that you didn't fulfill your obligations or did did did, did ever upwork get involved because that's the idea behind escrow right if you if there is a huge misunderstanding you can kind of ask them to get involved and investigate yeah uh two years ago i had a bad one um and i, I was into this guy for uh yeah yeah probably seven or eight grand too and he claimed i mean he put the job at 10 hours a week and we made this agreement to work um, to uh, that I would do 10 hours of work a week. He, he had a lot of problems that had to be fixed. He had all kinds of conversion tracking problems, SEO issues. So it's about halfway through the, the account, the contract, he stopped responding. Hmm. But, I, but, I'm on, but I've got these things that I'm working on for him and I, when I would say that, like weeks would go by, then he would respond like a whole bunch of messages and and so on. And um, uh, I was working the ten hours a week, and then one day I get an email from him. I just went through all my invoices, and I'm doing you know eight nine thousand um, dollars. You know where, you know I put you on for ten hours. But I, you know I never thought it was going to be ten hours. So he kind of he kind of claimed this stuff. Now we. We, I kind of split the email and Upwork email, uh, like I said before, in terms of the reporting and all this stuff. And um, it was a beef. I went back through them and um, um, they, they came down on my side of it. Um, but I knew this guy, this is like an, a seven or $8,000 uh, bill. It might, might even, might've been a little bit more. That's a lot of money. And, and I knew he was going to hammer me and on the review because he's just, he, just the way his attitude was with me. Is, it was really like night and day because the very first call I had with him, I, I remember hanging up the phone and oh, I think this is going to be a good guy. He's got a nice little business. I kind of like it. I ended up giving him a refund. We worked out a deal. I called him and I go, look, you know, you know, let's work out something. So I think I gave him back a couple of grand and 
he left me a good review. I left him a good review. And we just, you know, he's been back in Upwork. That was two years ago. He's been back in Upwork at least three times looking for PPC managers because in Upwork, it, it indicates that the prior client. And so he's, this, he's that's just the kind of way the guy is uh, probably a little bit. He runs into these issues like that. So what did I do? The, your question is, what do you do, right? You have to kind of, again, I gave him back. We yeah, pick up the phone, call the guy. Um, you know, he, I, I have another guy um, similar, much lower threshold, but I've had him now for almost six months. He, he disappeared at the beginning of COVID. You know, at the beginning of COVID, I lost, uh, well, three or four accounts shut off, right? So I lost a little bit of business. Fortunately, they were kind of small. I got lucky. A couple of the businesses have thrived during COVID yeah, and actually, sure. you know, sure. yeah, so I, I, I did okay. But this guy, it was small. He wouldn't answer my emails for like eight weeks. I would send him an email every week. And so I, I went back to, uh, I went to Upwork. I said, would you please contact him? So he came around um, and he emailed me back. He still won't. I mean, I'm working for him. He's still doing it to me. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's just, but he's he's just that kind of guy. I think you know we got along at the beginning. We don't have a thick relationship, um, so I, I think you know you have to try. You know, and here what you're talking about earlier, as far as documentation, do it. Cover yourself. Don't be afraid to go to Upwork when they. They come non-responsive. Be mindful of non-responsiveness. It's sometimes it can be a really bad sign. And again, they're gonna, it, let's say they're in financial trouble. Well, the best, what's the quickest way to pick up a grand or two? I'm gonna call you a no good so-and-so and you know, I'm gonna leave you a bad review. That's a good way to get a thousand bucks. But I mean, guys think that way when they get desperate. Um, so, um, you know, be, uh, don't let too long go by with your clients uh, as far as that stuff goes. You can get into a jam. If you do, pick up the phone and make a deal. You know, do the old Donald Trump on him. Make a deal. Um, you know, um, uh, something's coming. My video here has gone a little kaflooey there. Okay, hold on. There's a big square in the middle where your face is supposed to be. Uh, I, um, I see you pretty well, so oh, don't there worry. <laughs> No, from my end, it, it, it came up. So anyway, keep a dialogue. Definitely keep a dialogue with your clients. Report often. You know, hey, listen, the best thing you can do, the first thing I say to all my clients almost every week is, how's business? Get them to talk about what's bothering them because it's a good way to, to, you know, be mindful of the challenges they're having and ideas. Clients love it when you give them some fresh ideas. So you may be, you know, you may be um, uh, contracted to do X, but look at their competitors, you know, um, help them out. Um, listen, depending on my client, my long-term clients, my wife helps me up. So you know what we do? Each week, I give her a list of five competitor landing pages. Um, we also do the same thing on syrups. Well, my, my, these guys who I've had the 65% of my business, you know what we do? Each week on Monday morning, mostly my wife does it. Sometimes I end up having to do it. We go and take pictures of the landing pages for their 
biggest competitors and we do a search on two or three keywords and see what the search engine results pages look like and if they're varying. Now we don't do them every day. It's not a scientific thing, but I keep an eye on, I keep an eye out for these guys beyond what I'm really contracted to do. I, I keep an eye on the competitors for them because I know they don't, they don't tend to do that. That impacts, it certainly impacts my, uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, the effectiveness of the ads I'm setting up, but it also allows me to kind of say, hey, listen, I just noticed this, you know, so-and-so over here is offering 50% off. Did you know that? Um, and most of the time they don't know it. So look out for your clients, I think a little bit too. Be, you know, I always, when I'm talking to them about their business, it's always we. We, look, we're getting screwed on this. This guy's doing this to us. He's, he's you know, this guy used to be fourth in the uh, syrups. Now he's second. And I can tell by his ads, he's attacking us, us. And you know what? That's a good, don't be phony about it too. It's treat it like treat his ads like it's your business. Um, you know, I, I go in and um, if you've got I've got accounts where I'm on for two or three hours a week or five hours a week, I can't always go to their website every day, but I can go to my MCC and every morning I go to my MCC. Okay, is everything am I showing impressions on every single account today? Good, check. Um, I'll go back a week. Getting conversions at about kind of the what was okay, good, check. You know, be a caretaker. Um, don't just look at them as as revenue sources. Look at them as as um, partners you're going to have for a long time. Uh, sorry, look at them as partners you're going to have a long time. Um, and the way you do that is is you know treat them the way they should be. They're your boss, right? If you got a boss at work, you don't uh, you don't go around his back and talk a personnel. You you know you don't make you know he's the one ultimately signing your paycheck at the end of every week. So are those, so are the business guys you're working with. Treat them like that. They're the ones who have, you know, they're funding my daughter's college. They're helping pay for ice skating lessons. So they're important. Uh, treat them with that level of respect, especially the guys you have for a while. They're, they're your bread and butter. And, um, you know, that we this started off talking about trust. May, you know, being direct and being honest um, eating it when you made the mistake. But yeah, when somebody goes, when you go to buy a product online, I know this way I am, with the exception of Amazon, right? You go and you go, okay, uh, and see the, all right, so what's the first thing you do? You go to look for the reviews. And when you go to the reviews, the first thing you do, you don't read all the good ones, you read the bad ones. Because what does the bad ones tell you about this guy? If I have a beef, what are you going to do about it, right? Do you answer it? Do you acknowledge it? Do you make good? And if you do, you sold me. Because I know, again, why is the eraser on the back of the you, stuff gets screwed up? What, what do you do? How do you handle it? Do you, do you kind of crawl away into the corner and I didn't do it. Oh, somebody or that guy did it. Or do you eat it? Be willing to eat it. Be willing to you know, acknowledge the mistakes you made. That's how you build up long-term relationships with people. Every, every long-term account I have, I've made mistakes on. And I've had to say, listen, listen, 
I don't know, I forgot to do it. I know I told you I was gonna do it. I forgot to do it, something came up. Make good. Most important thing over the long run, really is. That's very good. That's very good. And Doug, on this note, I think it'll be good to finish our recording because the one hour and 15 minutes just flew okay. by. And I must admit, you're a really good storyteller. I really enjoyed it. And there is a lot of really good wisdom there, especially about trust, you know, building rapport, you know, helping your customers and treating Upwork as not, you know, fly by platform where you just bid, quickly get the job and forget, but as a real, you know, channel for, for real business. And there is still relationships, there are still problems as if you were doing business face to face. I mean, now, Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think there is a lot, a lot of good information there. I thank you, Doug, very, very much. And I'll have Doug's Upwork profile link and as well his website link in the description. So please, if you want a guy you can really trust in PPC, you have Doug, you. a really pleasure. good and trustworthy person. Thank you. Thank okay, you, Doug. It's time. been a pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah.